Hi everyone and welcome to the second season of Teeth and Tales. I'm your host Dr. Shadi Manicherry and our first guest of the season is Dr. Rupert Monkhouse and we're going to talk about how Rupert built his social media platform which is very unique and how he managed to build a very loyal fan base worldwide. very excited to announce that this episode is very kindly sponsored by Enlighten. You may have seen me rave about them on my social media channels. I get so many questions about teeth whitening, which brand I recommend and how I personally whiten my teeth. And the answer to all those questions is Enlighten. What's really special about Enlighten is that they guarantee a B1 shade. For those of you that don't know, B1 is the brightest natural shade of teeth that we have. And the great thing is that there are no dietary or lifestyle changes with Enlighten, so you can continue to drink your coffee and still lighten your teeth, which was the biggest selling point for me personally. For more information about Enlighten, please check out my social media. And now without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi Rupert, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good, thanks Shadi. Thanks for having me on Excited for Series 2. Me too. I was just saying I had to dust off, like literally dust off the mic, headphones. I literally don't know how anything works. I don't remember how I did it. So hopefully this will go to plan. We usually start this off with um, asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and how you got here, please. Fine, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm Rupert. I'm a general dentist. I qualified from King's in 2017. Uh, went up north briefly for a year for FD up to Hull um, and then came back down to, to London and was working in NHS in central London and then started doing a little bit more private work out in uh, Pangbourne, just the other side of Reading. Uh, and over the course of sort of three or four years, I transitioned to being completely based there, which is what I'm doing now. Um, I like a bit of removable pros, but I enjoy sort of all general dentistry. Um, you know, I, I have a stuff on, on Instagram where I chat through dentistry with lots of other dentists. You're coming on in a couple of weeks. Uh, to chat about stuff like this um but yeah that's it really so how did talk me through how because a lot of people like myself uh will know you as the impressions guy as the dentist guy as the guy who makes the uncool super cool and that's a very very niche market (laughs) if you remember the first time I met you I was like you're the guy with the impressions like that's that's how a lot of people will know you so how did you did you just fall into it or like how did you come across impressions and how did you decide to make that your thing? So it was it was always the part I was sort of most interested in, like removable prosthodontics, dentures and things like that, because in our third year of uni is when we started doing it. Um, I just had a really energetic, influential tutor that was just like, you know, infectious enthusiasm uh, and just pulled you along with it. And it just, uh, yeah, I just always got found that the most interesting part of it, really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a really interesting perio tutor in fourth year and started getting into that, but that's just kind of like how I am. Like, I just like sort of yeah. doing bits like that. But then when I got into practice and FD as well, my FD practice, there was a lot of denture related stuff there. It was a very big practice up in, up in the, what the Northeast or East Yorkshire. And it had the sedation contract for that area. So every, it was once a month, patients would come in be referred in for tier two sedation kind of stuff Mm. and if they didn't have any dentures at the consultation appointment they got sent to me and I had a month to make them before they came back 
for mm-hmm. the treatment. Um, and we also had uh, an in-house lab at that point as well. So there was uh, clinical dental technicians and things like that. So I was always popping in and it just sort of went from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Instagram, I didn't really do anything for a long time. It was more to not be looking at teeth all the time on my normal Instagram. So I made a separate one to sort of, if I want to look at teeth, look at teeth. And then started doing a few pictures of impressions. And then um, one of my friends from from uni, uh, Sana, you might know Dr. Sana, she actually, she sent it with the hashtag impression club. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, and then we started, it was a joke between like two or three of us doing it. And then suddenly random people started doing it and it just went from there. So it was never really planned. Yeah, because it's very, very different. I remember when I started my Instagram page, I was very adamant that I wanted it to be different because there is a lot of people on Instagram. There's a lot of dentists whose pages almost look identical to each other. It's just, you know, smile makeovers and a bunch of stuff that I didn't feel. I mean, that's all well and good, but I didn't feel it inspired me. I didn't want it to be my thing. So I did some soul searching to be like, okay, what makes me different? But it takes guts to be like, okay, I'm going to make the uncool cool. Because as we know, not very many people like dentures. Not very many people like impressions. I commend you for doing it. I personally hate dentures. I don't know how to do them. And I don't think I've ever done them well. So how do you make sure that you do it well? And how do you inspire others? Because hashtag impression club is a big thing. It's a global phenomenon. Everyone kind of takes part in it. I see your posts on Instagram and I'm like, how, how, how do so many people care about impressions? But it's like, literally a lot of people care about impressions. How did you make it cool? I think part of it with, with the Instagram side of it anyway, was doing the photography, the same way that people do really nice photography for their as you say, that you know, smile makeovers and things. It's Instagram's a visual platform at the end of the day, and people just want to go and look at nice pictures. And I had a little bit of extra knowledge from stuff that I'd done reading and things like that. And you put that together, um, you know, to give a little bit of value in that sense as well, beyond just a you know a shiny picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sort of goes from there. And then you're able through social media, you're able to find these people, aren't you? You know, you find, yeah. as you say, it says there's people in India and Australia and Brazil and all sorts. And now I've got a, a group of people in Australia that I talk to all the time about, about dentures, just dentures. through the fact that they eventually found it. And, yeah. and it goes, and it goes from there. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's cool. But it, I say it's, it was never anything that I, you know, when, when Sana tagged, you know, tagged me and put impression club, I never thought, Oh, this will be really cool. I'll like, you know, make this into a thing with, you know, only a third of my followers being from the UK and everyone else is from Australia and India. Uh, That was never like the, the ambition. It just sort of happened that way. Um, But yeah, I think just, it started with some nice pictures thanks to Minesh Patel's course. And uh, (laughs) otherwise that was, it sort of all just went from there. I'm hoping to get Minish on the on the podcast so we can talk about photography and and all of that. But I mean, does he teach taking pictures of impressions? Because the standard is to take pictures of teeth, right? Take pictures of teeth, take pictures of say crowns, veneers, things like that. I hadn't seen people take photos of impressions and dentures the way you do anyway. Am, am I wrong in that? Mm. Yeah, there, there are there are more of them about now. It's starting to <laughs> become go. more of a thing now. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I think, you know, when you go on, when you go and do that course, he says, you know, bring a few things along to do, you yeah. know, the blackout photos, the sort of, yeah. I call it like 
I've done a couple of presentations I call like product photography, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's all I'm doing with the impression, the same way people will maybe, you know, have their crown or a set of the burrs yeah. or, or whatever. It said, you know, bring along a few bits and bobs. So I was like, I'm just take draw out. I had I hadn't I took an impression along, yeah. And and he runs a, a competition in the at the end of the day. You know, you've learned yeah. all this stuff, right? Who's gonna take the best photo? Uh, and I had an impression balanced on a, a, a bounce pen because he hosted a bounce uh, and I won the, the photo of the day kind wow. of thing. Where did you um, win? I was uh, some uh, contrasters and things like that, oh, like nice. the little, little kit, little kit and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a running joke already at that point that I was going to bring an impression along. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, it's just... Yeah, those sort of photos or the denture photos and things, I just look at it as as digital art. I like enjoy photography anyway. That's my yeah. hobby when I'm not doing not doing dentistry. I'll be doing landscape photography on holiday yeah. and things like that. So I just enjoy the process of just making those photos. Yeah, because I remember listening to you on the Dental Leaders podcast with Payman. And obviously that's a more in-depth mm. podcast, so it goes into your background. So I know everything there is to know about you now, having listened to that. <laughs> um, and I know you're a swimming coach and everything. Um, but you did photography, like that was a thing. You Photography was a hobby of yours, and then suddenly you just switched it to to teeth and dentures and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, i say whenever I'd go on holiday, uh, I'd be taking photos, I'd, I'd be pick where we go poor honey gets dragged all over the, the world to go to ridiculous places to take landscape photos but can I just say I'm it. very impressed with Hunia's <laughs> photography skills as well because when we went to the dentistry awards she took the photo that was incredible and she took so many so I, she's incredible she's yeah her photography skills are up there she, she's learned she's learned from uh, getting stuck with me halfway up a mountain for <laughs> 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 so yeah so it would we'd be doing i'd been in photos like that and i just enjoyed the process of sitting there you know editing it on lightroom and photoshop and things and just it's just a different medium a different subject and yeah. just took it from there really and i can see from your pictures i can see it's not one of those things where you literally just snap a photo and and that's it i can see that you've spent a lot of time and effort and i i, I can tell you're a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to photos so how long does it take you to to get that perfect shot do you do you set aside an afternoon or is it just the matter of at the end of the day you take the photo how, how does it work um some of them it depends i mean things like the impression photos mm -hmm. because i'm doing it for um sort of educational stuff like mm -hmm. with the instagram i'll do you know step by steps of how i've done it or um for for courses and things coming soon um i'll do I'll do those photos literally in surgery as I'm taking the impressions. And so those wow. literally take me like 10 seconds. I've got the wow. flashes set up. Yeah. I'll do the first stage of the impression with the patient, come back, take the photo, put in the alginate or the next layer of silicon or whatever it is, put it in, take the photo. It, it'll take those are very, very Quick. short. Yeah. The ones with the reflections, um, sort of the dentures reflecting and things like that, that's... Uh, that's the other running joke that those are literally taken on our coffee table upstairs. So that, that will be, you know, I'll, I'll get there early when I know that that's turned up and I'll maybe have 20 minutes lying on the floor in the, in the staff room under the coffee table, <laughs> taking the pictures. Oh, wow. uh, so those will take a little bit longer. Um, and then there's a little bit of editing as well, making sure all the, the blackout bit is good and getting rid of dust spots. And I've started doing a few more sort of, compound images with multiple different pictures all sort of stuck together um just uh, but that takes a little bit longer 
but mm -hmm. again I've spent years doing normal yeah. edits yeah. um so it, yeah that it gets pretty quick once you once you know and I've, I've got certain things saved like sort of preset bits so it does most of it for me already now wow do you know um, you see these influencers and they sell presets like they sell presets yeah. on like lightroom and photoshop do you think that's something you'll do in the future oh, it's a good if, idea if anyone you know? wants my if, if they want my dental impressions preset it's it's there <laughs> called dental impressions if they want my it's dental portraits cool. preset they can have it <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool you know it happens because i literally remember like watching because when i first got my camera i literally didn't know anything about photography um, I mm. liked photography, but I never did it. So I didn't I didn't understand my camera. And I started looking like YouTubing, researching all of that. I still don't understand my camera, by the way. But I came across all of these people selling presets on like Lightroom, Photoshop, but to do with fashion photography, I guess it would be very different for teeth and things like that because everyone's is different. It's not as mainstream, but it's an it's an idea. There we the go. Future. Multi yeah. multi-million pound, maybe. They <laughs> my retirement fund there you go and um <laughs> as we know i don't think a lot of people appreciate this unless they do social media it takes up a lot of your time like you if you want to create a platform if you want to have a page that's valuable and i think i read somewhere that for your um for your, for your instagram page to do well you have to create content that's educational entertaining and valuable in some way right it has to serve a purpose um you have to spend a lot of time to do it now, I don't know where you get the time. I work part-time uh, and I talk about it a lot. Um, I have phases where I work like five, six days. And I'm like, no, 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 back to two days, back to two days. Um, but how do you find the time? How many days are you working at the moment? And how do you find time to plan, edit? Yeah, so I do, I do four days, four weekdays uh, and alternating Saturdays. Uh, so I'm always off on Thursdays. And... Well, part of my thing is always I'm I'm still living in London, but working in Reading and I get the train out. So I've got mm. 40 minutes each way. So a lot of the time I will usually do all the editing and all the photos on my Thursdays or uh, that's sort of you know, my admin day. Um, and actually a lot of the photos will be from one or two cases and that will last me mm. for a couple of months because I'll take lots of different wow. types of photos. Yeah um and that for instance the last sort of three months of posts that i've been doing have actually just been two cases just wow. taking different angles so once i've sat there and maybe gone through an hour two hours worth of editing i've got three months worth of photo wow, content yeah yeah and That's then really, really i'll just good. be on the train on a you know on the monday morning before i post i'll just you know write it and save it as a draft and do wednesday's post as well and um just yeah put it all together like that so it, it it works quite well i think the harder part is the sort of keeping on top of the engagement and mm. people messaging you i get quite a lot of uh you know dms asking questions on help with cases and things like that that bit you can't sort of schedule that because yes. i want to i want to be engaging i want to you know people to know that they can ask me things if they want to and things like that so that that was the trickier bit um but that's also partly where the the live sessions came in it started as being uh, an idea for like a, an faq so if someone sent that i could be like right this is the video where i talk with so and so oh, nice. about this yeah off you go well that was that was the plan anyway it was going to be five or six episodes with my technician and then I did the first one and a bunch of people were like, oh, that was great. You should do it on other things. And, I, and then it just 
yeah turned into what it is now so um yeah but it's yeah the engaging bit's the harder bit to keep on top of because that yeah. you can't sit there and go I'm only going to do this on Monday morning yeah and you have a very engaged audience your engagement is very very high I think what I initially used to think was social media I was like okay numbers matter a lot in terms of you have x number of followings and I uh, followers and I think people get obsessed with counting the number of followers but that's actually irrelevant it's the it's the engagement of your followers so if you have 10 followers and all 10 of you believe every single word you say you have 100% engagement whereas if you have 100,000 followers and none of them listen to you then that's zero percent you know so how do you and your engagement is quite quite impressive so how do you how do you keep on top of the engagement how do you make sure you haven't and this was one of the questions that someone asked when, when I put up a poll to to see if there were any questions for you the one of the mm-hmm. t- uh, most popular ones was how do you keep your audience engaged yeah I think it's de- it's it's tricky I think because uh, for instance now the, the main reason why I've been doing for three months sort of two cases is mm. that I just haven't had a case for a couple of months mm. so you know normally I'd be like right starting a next one here's some impressions I've just taken and you know I'll always try and find some sort of learning points with it and I think that's that's sort of what I'll try and is you said it earlier you know value education mm. uh, humor you know things like that it's like trying to always find something that's interesting yeah. to to keep giving that value because then it I think the way that particularly the way like Instagram works if we're going to just talk about that is sort of you know if people engage with it and it, it learns that they engage with it, it keeps showing it yes. to them. So yeah. if you can keep providing what they want, then that way you'll keep people engaged. Um, but I think with the the sort of the live platform that I'm offering as well, that's I'm trying to really mix that up and do lots of yeah. different yeah. topics and things and keeping it really relevant. Um, but I think the main thing I, I do it because I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy doing it. It's almost uh I'd be quite happy putting those photos out and no one really, no one really cared. I'd just be like, I enjoyed making this photo. Here yeah, it is. Yeah, if you like yeah. it, that's awesome. Yeah. If I can give you some information that helps you next time yeah. you're doing the denture, even better. Um, but yeah, it, and, and just replying as well. Like people, I think people knowing that if they write to me, I will yeah. get to them yeah. and, and try my best to help them. I think that's important as well. Just I'll remember that next time I'm doing a denture case. I'll be like, can you just tell me what to do, please? I don't know. <laughs> I, look, I, I look forward one to my, it. One of my friends saying when they just started out after FD, um, they were saying literally they wouldn't ask the receptionist what to do for the dentures because they were so clueless. And dentures are one of those things that is difficult to do well. So well done. Thank you. On behalf of all dentists, we thank you and you will be receiving that. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. now so what would be your advice to people starting out on a social media platform because I know we all learn things along the way and there's a lot of stuff that we did at the beginning that was wrong but we've now learned from it and and moved on and we're constantly learning but what would be your advice to somebody who's just about to start on a social media platform let's use Instagram for for example Um, what's your advice to them to, to have a valuable page to engage their audience and just to provide value I guess the, the first thing is sort of knowing what your audience is. And again, like you touched on it um, earlier that you're very, well, actually it might have been before we started recording, um, <laughs> but you're, you're very sort of patient facing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very dentist facing. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm very unlikely to, to get a patient directly through, through Instagram because 
my patients aren't generally on Instagram, they're generally older or, or whatever. So knowing your audience, and that way you can create the content that is going to engage with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine, you know, I, I know that it's, well, you can check it. I know most of my audience are between 25 and 35 young dentists, and I'm going to try and help them with dentures. So let's mm-hmm. give them some tips that maybe you don't know about, people don't know about and will find useful or just just even just sharing what you do because it doesn't have to be something that's brand new, but just everyone takes that little tiny thing away. Mm-hmm. It's whether, you know, you can go on, go back to the smart makeovers, you can go on five different anterior composite courses, but you'll maybe take something away differently each time. So yeah, um, yeah knowing your audience and just trying to provide that, that value with everything you do. And um, I think as well, just doing it for the right reasons. Um, I'd never did it for... I never made the account in the first place to be an Instagram dentist or whatever. I just wanted to not look at teeth all the time on my photography page. Um, and just sort of taking it from there. And yeah, it's difficult. I mean, for yours, is it, does it bring you lots of patients? Do you get lots of new patients from it? it does, is that, was I that do. the goal? I mean, it was, it yes, was your, to think... stop you going crazy in lockdown, right? Yes, that, that was the number one uh, reason. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right. I think you need to just find out whether what you want to do, whether you're a dentist creating content for dentists or creating content for patients, because that's very different. So for me, it was initially my aim with the with the social media was to put myself out there just to about me. And I think this is where people can choose different things to be their USPs, I guess, on, on Instagram in particular. A lot of people do incredible smile makeovers. Someone like Teeth by Techie, he's incredible. But if you look at his feed, you don't see his face you, or you have to mm. scroll really far down. It's just pictures of incredible smile makeovers. So for him, that's his, that's his setting point. And he's amazing at it. Um, for me, it was something else. It was my personality to get that out there as well as the smile makeover so it's not just about teeth it's about me as your dentist and to be honest it has attracted a lot of patients much more than I ever anticipated and it the type of patients that you get from social media everybody I think will have different opinions about this but the type of patients that I found I get the majority of them are patients who are very similar to me again if you look at your insights and things my following is very similar to me it's women majority women between the ages of 25 and 35 in London so I and I think I someone someone else was saying this you attract patients similar to yourself so if you're an old school elderly dentist maybe you'll like attract CEOs and people like that whereas if you're a younger cooler cooler dentist calling airlocks I'm not calling myself cool um, you'll attract people similar to yourself and that I found that to be very true um, and then when they come and see you, you don't need to sell them anything because they know you, they've bought into your skills, they've bought into you as a person, because as we know, no one really likes dentists, no one likes going to the dentist. So if you feel like you can trust the person you're seeing, or you feel like you can connect with them, that's very important. And to be honest, that's how I found that I find healthcare professionals as well, not necessarily on Instagram, but I feel like there might be 10 people who are all qualified and then the person I choose is the person I feel I will feel most comfortable with um, for various reasons. So I think it's not just attracting patients, it's attracting the right type of patients. Um, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the main aim. But I think with social media as well, like you rightly said, it's about batch creating content because we don't have time to sit there every single day and find a photo, write the caption, whatever. For me, I will set aside a day and I will do 
I don't know however many posts and just write out my captions and everything. So on the day I just copy and paste it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's because otherwise I wouldn't do it. If I don't have anything planned, I, I won't sit there and do it. I think. No, yeah. It, keep it on top of it and, and working out a plan. I think that's the thing as well is if you want to start out, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult as I say, I, I didn't start to try and be a successful Instagram dentist but I think as you're looking looking back if you were going to start start something up as you say having a batch of stuff ready to mm. go rather mm. than posting something and then not doing anything for like yes. two months yeah. you want to just keep that ball rolling and because mm. a, a lot of the time as well it might be that people won't follow you immediately yeah. but they'll, they'll you'll come up a couple of times on hashtags or explore or, or whatever and if they say actually that you're doing multiple stuff and it's consistent mm. then that's where you can you can get some success if like if things as well maybe you do one post that goes really really well and it ends up on hashtags and explore and things like that if they then come onto your page and there's three random other un unlinked yeah, yeah, yeah. things and they get they go what's this what's this about yeah you know, they're not going to continue on sort of following you on on a journey if you want to think of it like that so I think having a good bank of stuff ready to go so you can be consistent and then keep topping it up is is probably yeah. a good a good thing if you're starting out. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us are perfectionists and we don't do things because we're worried that they're not good enough or you feel that nothing is perfect, but nothing is going to be perfect. I think I was listening to a podcast and and the lady was like good enough is good enough, like not everything has to be perfect. Uh yes, you have to keep up a certain standard, but don't don't be too bogged down in the details because I know a lot of people don't post things because they feel it's not perfect. Um, but use that to your advantage, even say this, this is what I would have done differently. You know, like you can talk about it now when in the captions mm -hmm. and things like that, use it. And I, and I think it makes you more relatable um, to whoever you want to relate to. If you, if you own up to being um, imperfect, like I think one of the most successful posts I did was one with me crying and mascara running down my face. Like, I think you need to show people that it's not just like a glamorous, you know, perfect lifestyle that you're living. Like we're all human. We all have downs and ups and downs, you know. Um, Maybe I should try that one. It might work for me. I'm not sure. Mas <laughs> <laughs> Mascara running down your face. I have so many pictures of just me crying, but there's a, there's, I have my favorites, which, I, which I've used. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to ask you, is uh, mm -hmm. because I know you're super happy with your job. I know you passion, mm -hmm. you genuinely feel very happy and passionate in where you are. A lot of people don't feel that way, especially dentists. I get a lot of messages from people saying, I'm not happy where I am. And, I, and I've spoken about this a, a lot because I went through a job that I hated um, and it made me doubt everything. Um, and it was a really difficult time for me. Um, and it was very difficult to get out of that mindset and still have faith and believe in dentistry for me. Um, and I get a lot of messages from people saying the same thing, saying they're not necessarily happy with where they are um, and they're trying to get out of it. So how did you get essentially the, the job that you wanted that was ideal? I mean, we touched on it earlier. You said you phased it out slowly, but what were some of the things that you did um, in order to get that job and transition out of that busy practice that you weren't necessarily completely fulfilled in? Being honest, I did practically nothing. It was blind luck. Okay. That's important Absolutely to admit as luck. well. Yeah. No, I mean, mm -hmm. so 
this is sort of the things we were talking about before. You said, you know, was there a sort of defining moment or a, mm. a lucky break? And yeah, getting my job that I'm in, uh, absolutely was that. So it was when I was in in uh, FD. It was very, very early on, even sort of first month of FD, September after graduating. We had an, an email round saying there's we've got some tickets for an FGDP conference day, study day in Birmingham. And I was up in, you know, and it was in, I think, November or December or something. And I was up in Hull and, you know, I'm from the West Midlands. So it was 30 minutes from home. So I thought, oh, it's on a Friday. It's an excuse to go home. I'll apply for that. Why not? And I won one of the two tickets. And I went down and at the time I was interested in pediatrics. So just another bit of dentistry that I was enjoying instead. Because um, we had a, a charity that the that the the FD practice did going into schools and mm. seeing like thousands of kids in a day and stuff like that. Um, and the guy who was speaking was actually the consultant from Leeds who I'd had a study day with a couple of weeks before and not a chance to ask him about, you know, further progressing in, in pediatrics. So I thought I'll go and talk to him. And I sat around after the talk, it was one that, you know, half an hour in between, I didn't go and speak to him for 10, 15 minutes and eventually got the, the courage up to go and talk to him. Uh, and as I was chatting to him, this lady behind me eventually just joined into the conversation. And we were just talking about special interests, pediatrics and things like that. And I think it was Abby Banerjee was coming on next to talk about composites. So off you go back to your seats. And as we were walking back, this lady said, oh, where do you work? And I said, I work in Hull. And she went, oh, could I convince you to move to Reading? And I sort of laughed it off. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, very funny. And then four hours later at the end of the day, she came over to my table and was like, no, seriously. And I was like, well, I'm finishing in September. I'm looking for a job. And she gave me a card. And she had no idea I was an FD. She's from New Zealand and works in all private practice. So she doesn't know what an FD is. She didn't know that <laughs> meant I was three months graduated <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but we got to talking um, a few you know, emails and things like that. And then the following, by then September, she said, come and do some Saturdays. Um, you know, we're always always looking for people to help out on Saturdays and things like that. So I did a year of Saturdays, and then her husband happens to be one of the top prosthodontists in the country. So that worked out quite well for what I was enjoying doing. So after a year of that, I did some Wednesdays, just shadowing with him, and then started seeing some patients on the Wednesdays, and then I did Mondays and Wednesday, and it just it just went like that. So literally, just if I hadn't said, oh, I'll apply for that conference yeah. because it's vaguely near my home and I can go home for a weekend then yeah. I wouldn't be well, I wouldn't be sat in now probably you know I don't think I don't think it's pure luck I think luck has an element there is an element of luck definitely but I think it's also being in the right place at the right time you have to put yourself out there a lot of people that get their ideal jobs have networked and been in different settings I mean if that was me I'd be like Birmingham's far I'm not going to go anywhere I want to go home to my cat like <laughs> I would you know I wouldn't have done that so I think I think you did the right thing by going to places the, the reasons behind it might not have been oh, I'm going to go meet someone and find a job but I think the more you put yep. yourself out there the more you create opportunities to get to know people and something will come of it eventually dentistry is a very small world and everybody knows everyone and when you go to these places you get to know people might not you know, result in something straight away, but it could lead to something further down the line. And as you rightly said, it's something where you start off with something super small, like it could be alternate Saturdays or whatever, um, and then it builds up to something else. But you do have to be open to it. Like even you going in and shadowing on Wednesdays, 
you know, you weren't getting paid for that. It was just you putting yourself out there to learn something and then eventually it leading to somewhere. So I think being open to things, being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I, th- I think networking within dentistry definitely is 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 massively important because it's it's such a cliche that it's such a small world, but but it, it, it really really yeah. is. And um, yeah, I'm sure you have it the same as well. You only have to go to these events, and you know, you'll talk to people, and people will know people will know who you are anyway, and you'll know someone who works in their practice, and yeah. you know, all and that kind of stuff. I think people buy There's... into people, like you said, that lady had no idea about your clinical skills but clinical skills can be learned. Um, so I think it's the the type of person you are that's your biggest selling point, I think. And she are. just liked the way I spoke to a yeah. consultant. That was literally it. Yeah. That was literally And people it. get a vibe for people. I think you can tell if someone's a nice, genuine person um, and if they're willing to learn. And I think uh, one advice I would give to people is never be arrogant and say, I know everything because a lot of like super sort of high-end jobs that I've been to, my ideal jobs that I've gotten in the past, everyone's been like, do you know what? We know everyone's constantly learning at your stage. We don't expect you to be incredible at everything, but we just need you to have the right attitude. That's literally Mm -hmm. what's been like the the most commonly used phrase that I've seen in interviews and things like that. They just want you to be the right person because they will teach you things and you will learn things. You will go on courses. Clinically, you will improve. So it's having the right attitude. If you think you're incredible and you go in there and you're like, I know everything. There's nothing I don't know. I can do anything. I don't refer anything. Then they're going to be like, this guy doesn't know what, what they're talking about. Like, no, no thanks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's acknowledging mm. that. And I mean, I say, I say it now is I still have so, so, so much to learn. And, mm. um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to apply for specialist training at the moment and things like that, because I've still got tons more to learn and I want to go and learn it. So, and as you say, people, the, in the especially if these are your your dream jobs your high-end jobs the the people who are running those places have been around the block a lot of times and they'll have seen a lot of other people who came in and promised them the world and yeah yeah exactly it's it's the same thing as with patients and things like that isn't it it's it's always under under promise and over deliver and and it's it's going to be the same with with these kind of jobs as well because you'll just put people off if you go in all guns blazing saying how you're the best person out there yeah absolutely well, thank you so much for joining me today, Rupert. This has been a very exciting chat. I feel like um, there's so much more I want to talk about, but I'm very I'm going to be very strict this season on keeping it to about 30 minutes because that's how long my commute takes and I, a lot of other people's as well. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. Um, and yeah, I look forward to our Impression, impression Club Live. I, I can't wait to be the guest and not the host for a change. <laughs> no thank you so much for having me on and uh, yeah i look forward to hosting you in was it two three weeks isn't it i don't know we'll find out soon <laughs> <I'd be surprised. laughs> it may already be out you can catch it on <laughs> <laughs> cheers Shadi. really hope you've enjoyed this episode and hopefully learned a few things. I know I certainly did. 
and as always don't forget to let me know what you thought of this episode you can reach out to me on instagram at dr shadi manicherry i always love hearing your responses and if you have any requests for future podcast episodes please let me know there i do usually listen if there are specific requests that are quite popular as always there will be a new episode every week so please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and never miss an episode and i can't wait to speak to you soon